0: Welcome to the video broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with Pastor and Teacher Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. God. You give God one more hand, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beloved to all of the fathers in the house, I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. And I want to say that for all fathers, there is still much work to do. There is much work to do. And I want to offer that if we will dare to let our minds, hearts, and spirits enlarge beyond our own children, there is much work for all fathers to do with our children, children children of our own, and children who God chooses to place in our lives. Somebody say amen. You see, beloved, while Father's Day is an important day for remembering fathers, Father's Day is also a day to remember the importance of fathers. Let me explain why. One in four children, 25%, grow up without a father in their home. The result, according to the statistics from the National Fatherhood Initiative, for these children is four times more likely to experience poverty. More likely to have emotional and behavioral problems. Two times greater risk of infant mortality. More likely to commit crime. More likely to go to prison. Seven times more likely to get pregnant as a teen. More likely to face abuse and neglect. More likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Two times more likely to suffer obesity. Two times more likely to drop out of school. And more likely to consider and commit suicide. Suicide. Beloved, these are the statistics regarding children who grew up without fathers in their households, fathers in their lives, fathers to show them that they matter to their fathers. And beloved, as easy as it is to see this as a problem, which it is, as an obstacle, which it is, as a societal lack, which it is, by the grace of God, we can turn it. We can turn it! Fathers can turn it when fathers turn to God. Amen. And beloved, I want you to understand that with God, the statistical problem can become a lifelong solution. With God, the statistical obstacle can become a lifelong opportunity. And with God, the statistical societal lack can become a lifelong legacy, a generational legacy that breaks the pattern of generational curses associated with absent fathers. Amen. It all begins with the fathers. Beloved, the title of today's message is The Legacy, part one. The Legacy, part one. Beloved, as you look around this sanctuary, as you see all the people who are here, no matter who you look at, there is nobody in here who is just like you. Even if you have an identical twin, you are still you, and your twin is still who they are, Kenya and Leah. And beloved, God made us different on purpose. Your uniqueness is not a mistake. You were designed by God to be who you are. And beloved, in God designing you the unique you, God also gave you parents whom God made just for you. That our story begins in Luke 15 and 11. Jesus told a story about a parent, a father. And he said a certain man had two sons. Now for anyone who's had more than one child, you already understand the uniqueness of God's design that I was speaking of previously. Amen. I've been blessed to help my wife in raising our five children. I used to say that I have five children, but I had to learn to stop saying that because I have had no children. My wife had the children. I just got to help raise the children. If it had been up to me, I'm sorry, Hamilton Olivia wouldn't be here. If it was just me. I couldn't do that. But with five children, what I've learned is that each one of my children is their own person. Each one is their own person. Beloved, in some ways, that can be good when they give you things in life that are quite wonderful. Can anybody give a hand, clap, of praise? Their children have been wonderful. Praise God. But it can sometimes be not so good when they give you things in life that are just full of wonder. You look at them and you say, why did you do that? Who told you to do that? Where in your mind did that seem like the right thing to do? As this man was dealing with one of his sons as revealed in Luke 15 and 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falleth to me. Now, beloved, we all go through various stages of life. We go through the stage of life dependence where our existence is totally based on how others take care of us. We find this in babies and toddlers and and younger children. Amen. And then we get into the age of adolescence, or that age that I call adults with less sense. Because children look like adults, but they still think like babies, toddlers, and and, and young children, as revealed in what they say and what they do. Any, Any parents want to say amen? Any grandparents want to say amen? We then get into the age of maturity, where we become more sufficient and less dependent on others as we prepare for our future. Thank you, God, for that age. And then we get into the age of I don't care. The age where many of our elders are right now, where they often don't care what you think, don't care what you say, because they say I'm old, and you can't do nothing to me anyway. So I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to think what I want to think. I'm going to do what I want to do. Why? Because I'm old. I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning, so I'm old. I don't really don't care what you say. I'm going to do me. I see some of the singers that are clapping their here. Yes, Lord, I'm in that age I don't care. I just don't care. Just don't care. I hope I get there one day. Beloved, for this young son, he, as stated by his own words, was misaligned. He was off track. He spoke as if he did not care about his father and as if he was ready to depend on himself but he was actually betraying the glaring truth that he was still in the age of adolescence, perhaps looking like an adult, but showing that he lacked sense. His focus, as it can be for many adolescents, was on three people, me, myself, and I. You find that being quite prevalent with our adolescents. Now, beloved, now before we become too judgmental, let us all be fair. Let us all be honest because we have all been there. Amen. Anybody want to be honest? We've all been there. Now some of us with gray hair no hair might still be there. Prayerfully, many if not most of us will come out of there. To help us to get out of there, beloved, many of us need a godly father, a godly father. You see, this father heard what his son had to say. And the scripture says, and he divided unto them his living. By Jewish tradition, custom, and law, the oldest child would get a double portion for an inheritance of what the father had. Which meant that the younger son in this case was asking for one third of what his father would give him when he died. Beloved, why did the father not just look at his son and say, no, I'm not going to do this. You're not ready to handle this. Beloved, perhaps, just perhaps, the father knew that life could and would be a harsh taskmaster. And for them to grow into who he knew that he wanted his children to be, they had to go through some teachable moments in their lives. Amen. So instead of saying no, the father said yes, and the son prepared to go on his way as revealed in Luke 15 and 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Now, beloved, Proverbs 22 and 6 tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We trust and we depend on that. Amen. Beloved, there can be a lot of distance, a lot of mileage, a lot of life experiences between the training of a child and that child getting old. They have to likely go through a great deal of foolishness to get old. If they get old at all, because everybody don't get old so that all the training can come to be manifest before they die. Between the training and the getting old, life offers some teachable moments. For this young man, his first teachable moment was found at the end of Luke 15 and 13. And there, in the far country, wasted his substance with riders living. Beloved, for the younger son to have something to ask his father for meant that the father had to have built something of value something of value that the younger son had not built, but had only been around to receive the blessing, the blessing without the burden. It's amazing how our children, our grandchildren can come sometimes, come with their hands out and their mouths open, not knowing that what they ask for, somebody has to find a way to provide. Some people can look at you, even your children, and not know how you had to scuffle and how you had to struggle to make ends meet hiding all the financial challenges from them so they might know how to spell the word poverty, but you did your best to hide from them the possibility that you just might be poor. I didn't say poor, I said said poor. poor. this son likely had no idea what his father may have had to do to gather the resources for his sons to partake in the financial gift that he was now taking for granted in his asking and in his using. Beloved, children can be like that sometimes. Somebody better say amen. Sometimes because they may not always have to work but so hard to get what they do not truly deserve children. They take God's grace and your giving for granted. Again, beloved, children can be like that sometimes. Somebody should say amen. And beloved, they will keep doing that until they experience another teachable moment. As this son experienced in Luke 15 and 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Beloved, sometimes good times come to an end. And when the good times come to an end, your children will want for the good times to continue. But, somebody say, but. Sometimes your children will eat the wrong foods and drink the wrong beverages until the stomachache comes. Then they're going to learn something about their health. Somebody say, but. Sometimes your children will spend up all the money that they make and will try to spend up all the money you make, too, if you let them, until you and or them end up bankrupt without necessarily having to declare bankruptcy. Then they are going to learn something about their wealth. Somebody say, but. Sometimes your children will hang out with the wrong people long enough until the wrong catches up with them and they end up in places that you told them about but they never believed you when you said it and now they're there. Then they are going to learn something about their relationships. Somebody say but. Beloved, because children may still be in that age of adolescence, looking like adults, but with a whole lot less sense, you must understand that they can take the teachable moments of life and go from bad to worse and from worse to worse. You don't know how low you gonna go. You see, the younger son had begun to slide down the slippery slope of bad decisions in his life, which led him to his third teachable moment, as Luke 15, verses 15 through 16 explains. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, that far country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Beloved, sometimes you end up living below your blessings. Sometimes you end up living below your ability. And sometimes you end up living below your capacity. All because you fail to listen to the teachings of your mother and your father. You just won't listen. All because you miss out on the teachable lessons of life. This young man, this Jewish young man, who as a Jew would have and should have had nothing to do with pigs had gotten so low in his life that he was now at a point of actually being glad to eat the pig's food. Beloved, live life wrong for long enough and you will be surprised by what you will do. Be careful in saying before you die what you would never do. Drug abuse, alcoholism, sex outside of marriage, stealing, harming, and hurting people. You were not born that way, but accumulate enough bad decisions in your life that will lead you to bad places in your life, and you will have bad outcomes in your life. Your life will be the sum total of every single decision that you make in your life, be those decisions good or be those decisions bad. Now, beloved, when you start with one bad decision in your life, it does not have to go from bad to worse, to the worst time and place of your life. It doesn't have to end that way. You see, beloved, where there is still life, there is still hope. Somebody say hope. For this young man, while all look hopeless, was there any possibility for him to turn it all around? Beloved, today is Father's Day. It is a day that we celebrate the fathers in our lives. And for many of us, we celebrate our fathers because of how they did something in our lives that made an impactful difference in our lives, such that no matter how bad life seemed, because of our father, we still had hope. This young man still had hope. Because he still had life in him and he had time to make another decision. Somebody say, thank you God for more time to make another decision. For Luke 15 and 17 tells us, and when he came to himself. Beloved as parents, as mothers, as fathers, is that not the moment that we treasure and cherish in the lives of our children when they come to themselves? Knowing that God has planted a unique life blessing in each one of us is something that we hunger for, thirst for, strive for, especially in the lives of our children, sometimes like planting a seed in the ground, in the dirt, in the soil. It has to be dark and hidden from our sight for a season until the season for blooming comes, until the season for bearing comes, until the season of change comes. And then, beloved, the teachable moments come together and the child, in this case the son, begins to make different decisions. Somebody thank you, Lord, for time to make a different decision. For the scripture continues in Luke 15 and 17, he said, Many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Beloved, it's said that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Children, especially the adolescents, the adults with less sense, often cannot wait to leave home. Now they like the free food at at home, now they like the free bed at home. Now, they like the free money at home. They just don't like the rules and regulations at home. So they cannot wait to get away from the rules and regulations at home, but give them some time in the world. And often, not always, but often, they cannot wait to get back home. To that free food at home. To that free bed at home. And to that free money at home. Sound like I'm peeping in somebody else kitchen. But, beloved, understand it is not free. It's not free. It comes at a price. It comes at the price of love. The price of love. You see, beloved, for this young man, things were better with the father who loved him than they were without the father who loved him. And now, after coming to himself, he was beginning to realize that at home he had a father who loved him. But now, because of what he had done, he did not believe that his father could still love him as his son. My God, that's that's heavy. That's heavy. Mama don't love me no more. Daddy don't love me no more because of what I did. So, beloved, he came up with a script. In Luke 15 and 18, he said, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Beloved, these were three truths. He had sinned. He's had sinned against heaven and against God. And he has sinned against his father, showing him great disrespect. Sometimes it's amazing what your children will say and what your children will do. And beloved, as John 8 and 32 tells us, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Beloved, there was freedom for this young man as he fell under conviction that could lead to repentance. All of us need this kind of freedom to admit our sinfulness, to start the process of being redeemed from our sinfulness. But beloved, we have to be careful in going too far. You see, in Luke fifteen nineteen, the young man moved from conviction The condemnation when he said and am no more worthy to be called thy son he was now condemning himself make me as one of thy hired servants he was condemning himself beloved who told him that did his father tell him that did God tell him that no one had told him that but he looked at where he was and in his eyes he did not look like his father's son beloved you can get low like that sometimes But who told him that? Did his father say that? Did God say that? No one told him that. But he thought about where he was. He thought about how far he had come from his father's house. And in his mind, he did not think that he was his father's son. But who told him that? Did his father say that? Did God say that? No one told him that. But he felt that because of where he was in his heart. In his heart, he did not feel like he was his father's son. So he came up with a script for someone who was not his father's son. Beloved, there are some people who are hurting right now because they may not feel like they are the children who their parents, in particular their fathers, want them to be. And decisions that they make in their lives reveals that they are still hurting, still running, and still wandering through life, making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision because they really need to know that they're loved by their fathers. Beloved, it is Father's Day and it is time for a different narrative. For this son... His narrative was about to change as Luke 15 and 20 says, and he arose and came to his father. The son could have stayed out in the wilderness. He could have stayed out in the streets. He could have stayed out in the world, but he had experienced some teachable moments in his life that led him to this point. He thought that he had all the answers, but do understand Isaiah 55, 9 tells us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Whereas the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, beloved, while the son had his for his father based on all the bad that he had done. I believe that the father had been praying for his son from the day that his son had left. The son had made a financial request of his earthly father, but beloved, while the son was away, I believe that the earthly father had been making some spiritual prayer requests of his heavenly father, of God, on behalf of his son. Some of y'all don't know that your second chance, your third chance, your fourth chance, and your fifth chance is because somebody prayed for you. Beloved, it was Father's Day as it is Father's Day and the greatest gift that the father could receive was for his prayers to be answered and his prayers were answered when he saw his son coming back home. Come on boy, come on back home. And so he loved his son compassionately, physically, emotionally, and intimately as Luke 15 20 shows us but when he was yet a great way out, he didn't wait for him to come and bow down at his feet a great way out, his father saw him he saw his son out there coming and he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him it shocked the son it shocked him as he went ahead he pulled out his crib in Luke 15, 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I ascending is as heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. The son said, hold up, hold up, hold up. And I got something to say. And he said his speech. Beloved, the speech fell on deaf ears. Because the very next word of scripture in Luke fifteen twenty two began with the word but but, meaning that everything said before the word but could have a line drawn through it. And only what came afterwards would matter. And what came afterwards, Luke 15, 22-23 tells us, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. The Father struck a line through all that the Son said. And like God received his son's convicting testimony. And like God saw the repentance in his son. And like God received his son in love. And like God reconciled his son in love. And like God restored his son in love. Why? Why not read his son the riot act? Some of us have done that. It's done a lot of good, hasn't it? Why? Why not make his son feel the full impact of all of his bad decisions? Some of us have done that. It's really worked, hasn't it? Why? Why not validate his son's feelings of not being worthy to be his father's son? Some of us have done that. And where's your family now? The father continued in Luke 15 and 24 in terms of explaining why. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. While the son ceased to see himself as worthy of being his father's son, it was Father's Day. And the father did not see it that way. He had been praying and praying and praying for the return of his son in whatever state that he returned. And his prayers had been answered. Beloved, what the son experienced in his father's love was the love of God. And in the love of God was also God's grace. God's amazing grace, amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but by the grace of God, now I see. Woo! And beloved, it was not just the father who got happy. For the verse ended and they began to be merry. It was a happy Father's Day. And it was a seed blessing because what the father was doing was breathing life into Romans 8, 38-39. A model for all fathers in how to love their children. Hear me right. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything's presence nor things to come, nor height, nor death, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, our Heavenly Father, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Fathers, don't you understand? You're supposed to represent God before your children. Thank you for tuning in to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101- North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.